Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. Um, today's podcast, Hitmaker slash Young Bird. Now, very interesting guy to talk to. He's got a new single coming out. It actually, uh, at the time this podcast is coming out, the single will have already come out um, this past Friday. A lot of guys on that single, so he's got something to promote, and that's good. But we also talk about uh, something that's very important. Young Berg had a lot of early success as Young Berg, um, and then hit kind of the skids in his rap career, in a way. Not so much from how the songs were charting, as he'll go into in this podcast, but really from public perception. And he did something that a lot of people cannot do. Rebranded himself. Uh, accessed his talent, bet on himself, came back with a new moniker, uh, Hitmaker, and became one of the biggest writers and producers in this entire industry, having a lot of multi-platinum hits under his belt and working with some of the biggest names, some of the biggest guys, everybody out there. He's been with them. He's been with me. Uh, he's been with uh, Nicki Minaj. He's been with all these different people making hits. So uh, it's very interesting to me um, how he stayed focused on what he's here to do, which is to make music, and how he blocked out the outside noise um, and continue to get money in an industry that is notoriously fickle. He answers a lot of questions. How did he move from the perception at one point that he was corny to being who he is now? Um, how did he? How do you work with artists in the past that have might have used your name uh, in a bar in a not so flattering way? They dish you. Can you come back and now make records with them? Cool. All of that stuff. We talk about it very open, brother. We also talk about, I know we've been doing these top fives every week, and you guys are probably annoyed with them, but we do the top five flyest dressing dudes in hip-hop. Youngberg hated my list. I got a list. I'll tell you what I think is fly. This is about what I think fly, uh, Hitmaker. You don't tell me that my list is not great. Anyway, uh, we're going to get into that for a second. Um, we're going we're gonna to get into that in a second. Youngberg was a great interview. A lot of energy, very thoughtful, intelligent brother, very talented dude. Glad to have him on the podcast. Now, um, real quick, this is a delicate, delicate rant. I told my friend that I would rant about this, but it's delicate, okay? A delicate rant. So I had a conversation with a friend of mine in L.A. Uh, he was talking about a situation that he was in with a young lady. This conversation was a couple of days ago. Um, and he said that this young lady out here in Los Angeles had worked in the industry that I no longer watch, which is the porn industry. And he was with her and having problems, what he felt like he was having problems, uh, living up to some of the guys that were in that industry. Basically, this dude doesn't think his dick is big enough for this girl. It, that's gotta be hard. That's gotta be hard. Cause you, you think about, you know, if, if you're still dealing, this is a younger dude. So you think if, um, not younger, like, but like younger than me, like he's still in his phase of doing his thing. So you, 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 you think about guys that are, uh, that are younger and when you think about when you're that age like right out of college or college age or a little bit after that and you're thinking about like uh you're still comparing yourself 
to to other dudes like which you shouldn't be doing if you're at my age that's like kind of immature to do but you think about that time and what was going through but you don't have like a visual of how the last dude was straight slaying <laughs> i have laughed about this conversation every day because it was sincere and he was being, we laughed during the conversation, but he really likes this lady and she is a nice girl. I've never met her before. Um, and he's okay with, you know, with what, 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 what she does. Um, but he just, he's having problems with that. So what I will do right now is I'm going to ask all the ladies on that watch the red pill. We're going to put this on Instagram. What should he do? We had a long conversation about it, man. Good dude. Good dude. Good dude. Um, I'm actually, to be honest with you, I might bring him on a podcast. Like, seriously. If you want to hear, if you want to hear a whole podcast about this, because we don't really talk about this. Like, I might bring him on a podcast. So I might bring him on a podcast. Um, but I wanna let him know. He's listening to this right now. <laughs> Stay up. I support you, bro. You know what I'm saying? We still hoop together. We still go <laughs> do our thing. Like, you you my guy, bro. I've been knowing you for a long time, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm glad that you shared that with me. It's my G, bro. All right. Let's get into Youngberg now. Let's pop some pills. White people, clap for Hitmaker. Clap loud. <laughs> clap loud for Hitmaker, white people. First of all, I got to do this. I do this every time, but I'm going to do it especially now. Wow. I know that you're trying to shine, but I want you to know something real quick. What up? This is the latest Fitbit. It's oh. not the regular Fitbit. Okay. This is the Charge HR2, so I'm not intimidated by your jewelry. <laughs> nah, I don't want you to be, So man. all the stuff that you got, like, I just want to let you know that this is, is very important. Cause That's when, hard. When, That's... I, I know, bro. Like, get that on the camera. That fits your vibe. When the rappers come in, they shine, bro. Y'all, like, how much jewelry are you wearing right now, brother? Mm, how, what would you say? A couple. Probably, like, I don't know, like 500000 something like that. 500000 mm -hmm. on the jewelry. Mm -hmm. Prosperous. Yeah. Very prosperous, yeah. man. I ain't no rapper, though. I'm, a, I'm an executive. This is what an executive is supposed to look like. Okay, so you're not a rapper. You're an executive. Mm -hmm. Define that for me. Um, I'm a label owner. I'm vice president um, at Atlantic Records. I've been there for like two and a half years. In the mm -hmm. last two and a half years, just solely for Atlantic Records. As a writer and a producer, I've done 15 million records. Um, so, yeah, I gave A Boogie. We did his first number one record. Meek Mill's first number one record. These are all a part of the things I've done the last two and a half years with Atlantic. Let's talk about that. Let's mm -hmm. talk about that because I think that <clears throat> consciously for me, mm -hmm. obviously having followed music and listened to music for a long time, right. we knew you as an artist mm -hmm. at first, even going back all the way to your early days, I think it was Bloodline that yeah, you were signed yeah, to. Yeah. Shout out to DMX and, and those guys over there. So we knew that that part of you, mm -hmm. right? And everything that came with um, Sexy Lady yeah. and all of that. And then some years ago, mm -hmm. I don't know how it materialized in my mind or where I heard it, it was that Berg or Hitmaker was, Hitmaker, should I say, was actually making all of these records yeah. and writing and producing all of these records mm -hmm. for other people. Mm -hmm. When did that part of your career start? Oh, man. Um, the 
the first thing I think I did that was really big was John by Rick Ross and Lil Wayne with my guy A.O. the producer and um, we were nominated for a Grammy for that record. So that mm. was like the first big thing that I did. And, and what then, year was that? Shit, like 2014, something like that. Okay. And then from there, like I moved to Atlanta and like I was in Atlanta just like miserable because I hate the strip clubs. I hate clubs. I hate going out. Like I don't like none of that shit. I just like to be in the studio in Atlanta. It was really clicky. You know what I'm saying? Like this certain click would be in this studio, but, and I was like the new guy, like I was trying to refine my footing. And one day I wrote a record and um, I sent it to, um, to Vincent Herbert's cousin and it got to Tamar Braxton and Vincent Herbert put me on a first class flight, flew me back out here to LA. I went in the studio with Tamar and then um, rest in peace, LaShawn Daniels. Um, we were all in there and I, yeah. I ended up doing her single and that's what really brought me back to LA and that was like one of the next big steps. Now after that, was it just like on fire, left and right, nah, everybody coming at you? Yes was and it no. It was mad funny though, cause like speaking on Tamar, like that was a weird situation cause like I, I produced the record and then um, I wrote the record as well. And then like it was just funny politics. Like they took my tag off the record and then like she went and said that I didn't produce the record and it was a whole big outrage or whatever. And I what was that about? I don't know. I think she was just tripping. And I seen her at the BMI Awards and I touched her like, hey, like how you doing? You know what I'm saying? She was like, Vince, he touched me. And I'm like, holy shit. So, <laughs> I mean, now. She was saying that in like a he grabbed me way? I don't know. I just touched her shoulder or whatever. But you know, she was super duper hot at the time and like she was in her bag or whatever so like me personally like now I guess all is well because Tamar follows me on Instagram and likes and comments under all the hot songs that I'm doing or whatever so I mean I <laughs> would you work, work with her in the future or is, is everything cool or is there is nah, it I don't harbor no bad blood like people didn't actually diss me in songs and like hey Youngberg punchlines and I still work with him and get that check from him right now and I've done hits for him I ain't gonna out him but like they know what they are yeah so what about that so there was a time where we were hearing things and all of that stuff to where it was kind of a, do you ever feel, I'll ask you straight up, mm -hmm. do you ever feel like there was a time when people thought that Youngberg was corny? Yeah. Okay. So that's- but it, was, it was crazy to me because um, it was never really about like, Anything that I personally did, it was about shit that was happening in the world around me, being right. a young nigga with some money or whatever and not really having the right people around you. So it was never, all my records was going platinum. Like, yeah. I, I, Sexy Cannot's 10 million sold. The Business is double platinum. Sexy Lady is platinum. You know, every song I ever put out. So it was kind of a weird thing, you know what I'm saying, to have shit happen in the media and people look at you crazy and then, but like... The music was still going good, but then a part a part of my life, yeah, it did get weird, you know? So how, because that's obviously not a thing, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, and especially now, now everybody, now you hear your name mm -hmm. and you've been able to take that, take what you've done talent-wise mm -hmm. and let people know the records that you've made and yeah. how talented you are and what your pen does and yeah. what everything like that does. A lot of people, bro, they can't, grab it again right? right they can't get back like how did you persevere through any negative misconceptions that people might have had of you you know what i think um i just threw a spin on it man I, I one day i just said hitmaker and i did a song for dj infamous featuring Ludacris, juicy j and um young jeezy and i'm actually on the hook of the song and i just said hitmaker at the beginning of the song and i was like you know what that's it and mm -hmm. it just clicked for me and I just start funneling different ideas and being in sessions with Mike Karen, Mike Karen and just different people in different writing camps and it just built and built and built and built. And I think probably like around the time I did Love and Hip Hop, like that was like a tipping point too because I was working with um with Nicki Minaj a lot. So you feel like Love and Hip Hop helped you? No. <laughs> I don't 
fuck with Mona. I don't fuck with none of them. You know what I'm saying? I think that whole shit is trash. Like everything about it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a part of my life. It happened. But um, you know, like they portray you and do different things. You know what I'm saying? So and the editing is is real slick. So I mean, I think that um, it happened. I made it out. I'm probably one the the most successful right behind Cardi B. Period. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So to be in that position is cool. Uh, the the perception of it was there any because like when I when I think of and we're not gonna talk too much about it because I was actually talking to people before and I don't mm-hmm. really couldn't ask you very many questions about it yeah. because I don't really watch the show I don't either. so 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 um uh, that's not to diss anybody it's not right. a, well, he's gonna come out boom Van says no nope, didn't say that <laughs> nah that's not what I said I said I just was a show that I don't watch Thanks. but um but sometimes like when I, i'm like listening to j cole you listening to 1985 mm-hmm. and at the end of the song 1985 mm-hmm. j cole who was presumably talking to a specific rapper right there he says in five years you're gonna be on love and hip-hop mm-hmm. and when i hear a verse like that or a line like that i think to myself damn i wonder how people that are on love and hip-hop feel about that because he's not dissing them but the connotation of being a part of the show did you ever feel anything negative from that did you ever feel like there was you were some sort of reclam- reclamation project or something like that when you nah, were on there? Not really, because I went in there with full intentions of like, yo, I'm going to get on the show. I'm going to make a hit record for one of the um, casts on the show, which I did, and it did really well for it. And like, I'm going to show the world and talk about exactly what I was doing because nobody knew that I was working with Puff and Nicki and people of that nature at that time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yo, and then I got the green light from Nicki and from Puff or whatever, like to go ahead. I was at, I could say their name, you know what I'm saying, actively mm-hmm. on the show. So You talked to them about that? So so yeah. tell me about that. How did that? What, what was that conversation? Like? I mean, shit. When I was doing Love and Hip Hop, I probably was with Nikki probably like five days a week. I was working on her album, so like she was there every step. Like she knew everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Like we would talk all the time. Like we had a personal relationship like that, and she was kind of like giving me um, pointers or whatever. But at that point, I, you know, like it was probably her guilty pleasure, like the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So she probably was into it. That was the only thing. Yeah, I mean, guilty pleasure. Now people watch the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you, it's a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah. So. So talk about something that I'm interested in is like being behind the scenes. It's like, so um, I think coming up when I first started to, to really get into music, producers weren't celebrities. Right. They like, you didn't know who they were. Mm -hmm. The first producer I ever heard of was Quincy Jones. Right. And my mama told me one time, she's like, Hey, you know, you like Michael Jackson? I was like, yeah. And by the way, I still like Michael Jackson. Fuck what y'all say. Yeah, for real. Um, but uh, but she goes, you 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 like Michael Jackson? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, there's a man that's actually behind Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and he is uh, almost as responsible for some of the sounds that you're hearing as Michael Jackson is. Thanks. And then after that, like I, well, I was watching, I never knew that Teddy Riley was the dude, and I never knew right. that Dr. Dre was producing for that. Right. But now, producers it seems like to me are as famous as a lot of the rappers and singers and, and, and other artists are. Mm -hmm. How do you, is it hard sometimes to be someone who's behind the scenes working for somebody else when you have that same star power? Is it, is it ever, because when the song comes out and it's a hit, do you, it's it's with the artist, do you ever want to say like, that's my song as much as it is, you've done so much work on it? I think that's for other people, man. Like, I'm not really like, I have an ego, but I'm like not ego driven. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to, like, people know this, that, and the third. I've already been Youngberg before. So probably like all the other things, like the other producers might be looking for because like a producer normally is just like a guy that's kind of like, super to himself in a room just making beats all day every day pouring hub jerking off not really fucking, 
hanging out with, with chicks, you know what I'm saying? It, like, for I, real, am for I real. a producer? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, 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 I, I, might, my, I might be a producer. What you just described, I might be a producer, but no, you were saying? So, yeah, just on the laptop all day doing that. So, I right. might be introverted. So, when they actually get, it's kind of like, oh, I'm a celebrity now. Like, for me personally, I don't want none of that shit. Like, I don't want to be in a club. I don't want to be out with 100 bottles and all that other stuff. I'd rather be in a tuck in a studio still creating this legacy just because I've seen what's happened in such a short amount of time with me. And it's just like, man, if this can, I can take it here, then where else can I take it? But I, I prefer to be in the background. Do you feel like you learn negative lessons from fame? I mean, you're still famous, but when it was Hell all yeah. about Youngberg, like what's one of the things that you hated about how the spotlight was on you? I think it's just more so, man, just how you just, you're just a target. Like, that's what it is. Like, me right now, like, I move low-key. Like, we was talking about Jerry and all that other stuff. But you know what I'm saying? I move right. I got security. I'm out. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Yeah. I got a driver. I'm not really out here just running wild or whatever. But, like, when you are a celebrity, like, regardless of you being a rapper or anything, like, we see it all the time every day. You're just a target. Mm. You, um, anything that you said or did that you, like, fuck, looking back on, I know people always say, I don't have any regrets. But is there anything that you do go, yo, man. I wish that fucking shit wouldn't have went down like that. I wish Hitmaker would not have done that. Mm. No. Nothing? No. Mm. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. You got to live like that, man, man. Like, you can't really give a fuck about what these people say. Like, on some real shit, like, five years ago, you would have thought I had Ebola and nobody wanted to be next to me. Now, mm. my, now present day, my phone jumping like the Hot 100 right now. So, Word. like, every artist, every producer I'm working with, all these people. So, you got to learn uh, who are your real friends and what is real business. And I've really established that and I really want to put that in a whole bunch of kids that's coming up because they think I'm sick of all that. My brother, my brother for life, all that bullshit you see on Instagram where everybody acting like that's really that because it's not really that. So, you got to really stay true and stay down with your core mm. and then treat everything else like business this shit business it ain't personal with none of these folks so you say that you work with artists that have um that have mentioned your name that have dissed you in songs before mm. and stuff like that any problem with working with them hell no is it so it's it's not even something you where you gotta tuck it tuck you know it aside folks paying me for the record <laughs> right now man ain't nobody getting money like me right now work stop man on this level I'm fucking with. Listen, talk your shit. Producer, I'm tell talk your Man, shit. No, it's not happening. So it's about it's about the check. Is you like you you? There never has to be like, yo, we need to have a conversation about this before we can work. Nah, that's corny because it's like it's business, man. You not here like you not breaking bread with these folk like you making a record you making a hit like you gonna miss an opportunity when you gonna look back and it's all about money at the end of the day like I'm I'm a true believer about money and legacy and what you leaving behind like so you gotta have that bag you gotta get it you gonna look up so if I'm getting seventy five thousand dollars for that song right mm -hmm. it, which probably would take me twenty seven minutes out of my day to do <laughs> if that's the case then you think I'm gonna stop and miss seventy five racks mm. nah come on down. Why do you think so many other people have a problem with that? I see so much money get fucked up in music because people have personal issues. A lot of these, uh, like these beefs and these mm -hmm. things going back and forth is, is it seems like it's good for the blogs for a couple of days, but all of this shit that's really not over anything that's real, it seems like there's a lot of that. It seems like there's a lot of sense of, it seems like sometimes, if I'm just to say it, mm -hmm. that rappers are overly 
musicians, they're overly sensitive. You can't even say you don't like a record. You can't say anything. They get super mad and they're willing to burn down business bridges for it. Will you be upset if people be like, yo, I don't like your podcast or I don't like this or whatever? Like, how you feel? I'll be upset to myself. No, you would. I'll be like, I'll be upset. No, no. I like yeah, yeah, Joe Button went on there and was hit, like, hit "Yo, Van Le Red Pill Podcast is the worst shit in the fucking world." You would feel a fucking way. I would feel a way, but you yeah. know what? I'm not gonna do. I will feel a way. It's I, art. I, I, it's your, I, it's Joe, your I'll shit. call you. But like, what, like, what? I, I like it. You're right. I'll call Joe. <laughs> I'll call you, Joe. But I will feel a way. But. I'm not going to make a video and be like, yo, I heard that nigga Joe Budden was talking shit about the Red Pill Podcast. Joe Budden, you know where we at. TMZ, Ply Vista, pull up, nigga. I'm not going to go all, you know what I'm saying? You might not, but you might be out having some drinks one night and you might be talking <laughs> some shit and somebody might be Snapchatting, recording you and then that right. shit go viral and then here you go on some shit. So you're saying that basically that artists put their real time feelings and emotion into this and so it's natural to take a little bit of offense when somebody comes out yeah, and facts. criticizes come on come on how do you feel about critics then uh, shit i've been doing well so i ain't really they, they on my side right now <laughs> 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 so like it doesn't do you listen to the criticism do you take it into account what if somebody writes um something that's critical um, about you and I try not to criticize art and the mm -hmm. reason why I don't criticize art mm -hmm. is because it's just too subjective right mm -hmm. it's like for, for like for me I the stuff I hear my nephews and other people listening to mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to get that right if some of it knocks some of it don't but it's stupid for me to like stand up and be like oh this ain't real hip-hop or whatever whatever just yeah. because it's, it doesn't it's not for me it's right. a lot of shit out there that's great have you ever read a review or a criticism of you or something that you've done that you felt like was well done or that made sense? Mm, mm, a review? I really don't. I tune into the people, man. Like, I'll, I'll go, like, check Twitter. Like, I'm not looking for, like, mm. a big review or something like that. Like, I'll tap into what the, the, the actual people that are reacting to the actual product will say. So I'll go look at that. I definitely see shit like i mean i've seen reviews where they're like oh he samples a lot of classic records or whatever but like i'm strategically doing this like mm -hmm. that's my shit you know right. what i'm saying like i've totally kind of shifted to what the radio sounds like now like probably 80 percent of the radio is a flip right now for real for real a lot mm -hmm. of different records so i strategically said i was gonna be the puff daddy of this era right now and i'm doing it right um so when you make that when you when you make on a record mm -hmm. are you making a record that you are you do you ever, are you purposely trying to craft a hit or are you just going off what moves you and feels good in the moment right there? You know what? A lot of people overlook the fact of the biggest thing when you making a record and being a producer, they're paying you for your taste. Like, so anybody that's fucking with me, they paying me for my taste level. So what I like and what I think is dope and what moves me is usually what I'm going to sell and promote the most and try and get that artist on the page to do it. And that's how I've been able to shift and like make shit sound you know what i'm saying have certain flips and have different records you know what i'm saying because it's more so like taste level it's not like yo i go to the studio every day like i gotta make a hit like i literally go smoke weed and drink liquor and make 10 songs a night and right. that'll be his there you go like so speaking of that mm -hmm. i think we've learned sort of in hip-hop over the last couple of years that making a song is a much more collaborative effort than we thought it right. was what i used to think <clears throat> growing up was that making a hip-hop song was how I envisioned Nas making one. Right. Which was on top of his project rooftop, looking out over Queens mm -hmm. with a pen and the headphones on and just writing. Mm -hmm. And then after that, Nas gives it to Primo, Primo blazes it, and then boom, you got a song. Right. I think that the whole situation with Drake 
let us know that even the most talented artist sometimes has people that help him out. Right. Sometimes in, in every situation, might have somebody that helps with a hook. Right. It might help with a verse. It might help with that. I'm asking you to say, how collaborative is hip-hop? Like, how much do these rappers that we attribute all of these things that they say to them get help? What right do you, now? Yeah. Man, it's totally collaborative. I don't work with anybody that I'm not collaborating with, whether I'm throwing ideas. I'm probably... There's been, I won't, like, see, look, this is what a lot of people got to understand. When they pay you to write these records and do this shit, like, you're not supposed to be out here dropping names, like, oh, this song, I did this, this song, I did that. But I will say vaguely, like, there are songs that are out on the radio that are by rappers that we've wrote entirely from the beginning to end. Then there are songs that we've wrote the hooks on. But 95% of the time, anytime you work with me, I, the hook is already built in the record. I, we write the hook before you even get it. Do you think there's it? Do you think because a lot of purists would say, you you kind of suck a MC. Take y'all back to the eighties. Oh shit! Look at that shit. You like that shit? Um, a lot of people would say that you that you're not real. That you're not a real lyricist. You're not whatever if you're not writing a hundred percent of a record. So you guys missed something right there. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna point it out. We were in a conversation with Youngberg, mm -hmm. and Youngberg made a hand motion. Mm -hmm. Or a hit maker made a hand motion. He put his hand out, and magically, a cup of tea or coffee or something like that mm -hmm. came up in his hand. Children, I want you to to, to strive for something in life. Don't strive for <laughs> strive to get to the point in your life where you can do this, and a fucking tea magically comes into your hand. Okay, he didn't even say anything. Now we talked to this beautiful sister out here before. We talked all about it. She's a beautiful woman, dignity, all of that. But it's a collaborative effort. He doesn't just collaborate on songs. This nigga collaborates on T. Yeah. So everybody remember that. It's big. Um, so uh, back to what I was saying. Do you mm -hmm. think that there's anything wrong with that? Do you think Fuck that there's... no. No. I mean, you just talked about Quincy Jones and loving him. Like, everything he did was a collaborative effort. He, he produces in a way that I produce. He never made a beat in his life. But he knew how to put the right people in the right room and to get the right thing and put like this drum player, this strings. This is what I do creatively. Like I have people that I work with, co-producers, shout out to OG Parker, AO and Keys, Paul Cabin, Cardiac. Um, I'm, if, if I'm missing you, I'm sorry, T Romano. It's a lot of people that I work with, Smash Davis, Skip. There's a lot of people I work with to where I'm like, yo, I got this idea, here goes this sample. I'll, then I'll get this person to do the drums. Then I'll get with my, my partner, Krishan, who is the fucking genius. We're like LA and Babyface. And like, mm. he's like the fucking, the best top line writer I ever met in my fucking life. Mm -hmm. And then we write the songs together and then there you have it. That's how we create. Hmm. Um, so for for you then, uh, is there... Is there ever a time though? You say you don't you don't need to. Is there ever a time though when you want? Is there ever an itch inside of you? Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, especially when you were transitioning, not transitioning. Fuck no. It sound like Bruce Jenner. No, I already know where you going. No, no. what? I'll never rap again. Never. No, for what? You'll never rap again. I own a label, man. Like through Atlantic Records, I'm the vice president of Atlantic Records. You never hear you never hear something and be like, I need to be on this. Yo, Fabulous has tried to convince me several times to rap again. I'm with me dropping my single right now and me doing all my stuff. He's like, yo, you gotta get on one of your songs. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm out of that, bro. What what makes it like what why you feel so strongly about it? Because real shit or bullshit? Okay. I'm gonna take the bullshit. No, real shit, of course. <laughs> 
I'm still getting the same type of women that these people <laughs> I'm still driving around in the same type of car as these people was driving. I'm still going home to a house with an elevator inside of it. Like, what do you mean? And I don't have to work as nearly as hard. Why would I want to go do everything that a rapper is doing right now? That's right. crazy. I'm about to turn 33 years old on Monday, man. Oh, man, give it up. Give it up for Hitmaker having a birthday, man. man, man that's give it up for Hitmaker having a birthday. So you, it's not worth it. Rap is not worth it to you. Fuck no. Rap is... Rap is Rappers for rappers. I told you, I'm executive. <laughs> like, right. I'm different. Do you feel like your experiences and some of the things that we talked about um, in any way soured you to the rap game? Is there nah, it's just it's just that time in life. What I'm supposed to be, 40 rapping, fam? It's a lot I'm of trying, guys 40 yo, rapping. Can now. I be honest with you? Like 40 is, not, 40 is not old for a rapper anymore. Bro, I'm trying to be, like, bigger than Craig Cowman, bigger than L.A. Reid, bigger than any executive ever. Like, mm. I got different tasks that I got to handle. Lucian Grange type yeah. shit. I mean, Doug Morris, all that type of shit. Like, I'm, I got different shit to handle instead of be focusing on running around here trying to smash these chicks with these rappers and compete with these folk. Like, I'm doing me. Mm, word up. Mm. So, um, I don't know if there's a little news that broke today. Um, mm. Somebody that was very instrumental in your career, we talked mm. about it a second ago, Nicki Minaj, mm -hmm. said that she's retiring, dog. Really? Today? She put it on Twitter. For real? She's you hear that? You guys hear that? Nicki Minaj says she retiring, bro. Is it cap or is it one of them? You 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 would know better than I would. So like she, it see it seems like and there's there's gonna be a lot of debate about obviously the rappers, the only people that rappers retire as much as boxers, and then they come back and mm -hmm. they so you know what I'm saying? So it, it it's gonna be a lot of people that speculate that she's not gonna be gone forever. Obviously, Nicki mm -hmm. loves making music and mm -hmm. she might come back, but if you had to sort of put that into context, like Nicki Minaj's career and what she's meant to the game, do you think she gets the credit that she deserves? She a goat. She a goat. You know what I'm saying? Like, people uh, people kind of got her misunderstood a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel I like Nicki's misunderstood. Yeah, you know, I mean, she, she's a real nice woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, she gave me a lot of opportunities. So think about it. Like, I'm young Berg still. Like, I'm still in that little space that you were talking about. Like, maybe, like, from being hit maker to young Berg. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So trying to climb. And she actually was the first A-list celebrity or artist to put their arm around me and say, like, Lil, this is my studio. This is my engineer. You want to work? You can work five days a week in this motherfucker. Anytime I'm not here, I want you to do it. I did like six records on that Pink Print album, the album before this one. So she gave me a lot of opportunity and it juiced me up too. Like I was with Nicki Minaj on a daily. So it raised my profile. So I can't really say nothing bad about her. You know what I'm saying? We not, we, we don't like currently, like I don't know what type of space she in now because I haven't spoke to her in a little a bit of time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what type of space she's in, but I mean, I see what she doing. She's just going off. Shit. I mean, what you see right now is what I saw every day around her. Like, I just think that she might have not been speaking her mind like how she really wanted to on this type of platform. She didn't have a queen radio or she wasn't, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. going off like that. It's interesting that you said that because I think one of the criticisms of her, um, and I don't know her, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> was that she doesn't do anything one of the things that she says is not true about her is that she doesn't do anything to help the young artists, that she didn't embrace like a Cardi B, that she didn't right. embrace some of the younger artists and stuff like that, even though you saw her with Meg this summer. Mm -hmm. um, and whatever. What do you think about that? Well, I think about what? Do you think that she embraced people or what, what, what you think? I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, like from because I'm I'm too close in, I'm too I'm too inside on the situation. So yeah. like what from a, from your perspective? So from my, from my perspective, this is the way I look at it. Number one, <laughs> 
I just not, I try not to judge people as people, especially, excuse me, I try not to judge artists as people. Mm -hmm. I judge their art. Mm -hmm. Because when you get into having a personal uh, opinion of somebody and what mm -hmm. they do, I don't know Nicki Minaj. Mm -hmm. Did it seem like Nicki Minaj was less than engaging with Cardi and some of the love that Cardi was getting? Mm -hmm. Sure, it seemed like that. Mm -hmm. But how do I know what it really is? I don't mm -hmm. know what happened, nowhere, when. All I know is that, at this is what I do know, at some point, right. It was all the rage to love Nicki Minaj. Right. And then at some other point, it was all the rage to fucking hate Nicki Minaj. Right. And to be honest with you, I don't know why that shit happens. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I like it 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 seems as if like whatever, like, you know, people love Cardi so much. So you, of course as black people, we can never love everybody. We gotta love someone and then mm -hmm. we gotta hate the the the, the opposite of that person. Mm -hmm. Um Cause that's how they. But that's what happens with everybody. Incidents happen, and then you go watch everybody that was for you turn against you. That's and that's what I'm saying. So it's what, what I was saying is to you, what you just said mm -hmm. was something. That's the kind of stuff, to be honest with you, dog, mm -hmm. that I wasn't hearing about her. Mm -hmm. You were hearing about she was mean to this person, she was nasty to this person, she went to this place and she treated this person, but you never hear hey, those she stories. Turned. She ain't, she ain't mean, she turned, like, she, <laughs> she, she a boss, like, the way I feel about it is like, man, one, we'll never know because that's some women stuff, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. We don't know what go behind closed doors. I don't even like women. to ask. You know what I'm saying? Me neither. Same, if you somewhere with your girl and she'd be like, I don't like her, I'd be like, okay, I don't then like her either. Two, it's like, Nicki Minaj, <laughs> Nicki Minaj is a hundred million dollars up. You In the game of life, you won. Yeah. You won. Yeah, it's true. Nah, I get it. I, I get I it. I mean, you know, like shit. Like she even looked out to the point. Like I remember when her and Meek used to be together, and like she used to be like tapping Meek, like, "Yo, you gotta do one of Bird record." And at that point, Meek was on some super street records, and was like, "I ain't really fucking with that vibe right now." And then um, I ended up coincidentally doing Meek's record with Chris Brown and Ty Dolla Sign and Mustard did. I wrote the hook on it with my guy Aaron Ray. It was called "Whatever You Want." That shit went platinum. And then know the song very well. Yeah, I just did. And then I did "Dangerous," Meek's first number one. Mm -hmm. or whatever we got that together and with Jeremiah PNB Rock so I mean I don't know she probably like this motherfucker like these I nah. want to work or whatever but I mean shit I, I hope that she you know you know, we spoke recently but I mean it was very brief I feel you Tiger ooh my dog Tiger my dog there's a question that was asked at a party recently I was at a party mm -hmm. and we were just it was more like a, a, a like a, a sit down talk and people were talking about Tiger's ability just to like make a hit song. Right. Like when Tiger makes a hit, then has songs, then makes another monster hit, mm -hmm. then has songs, then makes another monster hit. Mm -hmm. And we came to the conclusion that Tiger's gonna be making hits as long as Tiger likes to make hits. Facts. What is it about him that just allows him? Because some some rappers, some artists are really dope at what it is that they do, and they chase an actual hit for their whole careers. Mm -hmm. Tiger don't have like no classic hip hop album, but he got hits for yeah. real. So how, like, what, what is it about him that allows him to do that? Well, shit, he found his pocket, you know, like he with this whole little new wave that he's doing. And I think it's a lot of similarities with me and Tiger. Like, man, like that mm. man is very resilient, bro. Like for him to go through all the adversities he went through and come back and really like have hit after hit after hit. And he's a hard worker. Like I personally just really got started a real relationship with Tiger maybe a year ago. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I put him on A Boogie's record, Star Tender with Offset or whatever that shit went platinum. And then but he like 
he he work hard. Like, yo, like if I send Tiger something, he'll he'll listen to it. I fuck with this. And he'll send me the verse back in less than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just think he on top of his business. And I think that he a real grinder. I think that people try to hate on him for no reason. Just because, you know, nigga light skin. Got <laughs> balls, you know what I'm saying? You know how shit go. He run around with these, this right. one, that one. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day... You gotta respect that man. Mm-hmm. Period, man. And he he one of the flyest niggas I know too. Like he's super fresh, man. Salute the tiger. When you say super fresh, what do you mean? His gear, his, his gear, everything. Up. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. got he, he definitely swagged out. Yeah. You like who? Are, you know who I think is fresh? Who? I think Fab is fresh, bro. Fab is fresh, bro. I think like like I can't. Sometimes. I, okay, who's top five freshest rap niggas? This is great. This is the Let's type go. of shit I like. Let's get it. So, 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 the top five freshest rap niggas, and is this all time or? Well, is it, it depends. I'm gonna ask era? you. What era? Okay. I'm gonna ask you. So, all like, right. so, is it all time or is it right now? We can go right now. Right now. So, yeah. in no particular order. Mm-hmm. Top five freshest rap niggas. Fab, of course. Nas. Not, not Nas. Don't be fresh. I put Jim Jones before Nas. The Jim Jones is in the list. Okay. Jim Jones is on the list. Okay. I didn't finish the list. Mm-hmm. Fab, Nas, Jim, mm-hmm. Puff. You you can't. <laughs> yes and no. Yes. Well, okay. Why, why? Consistency. Just just for being consistent over this I, body Puff of work. Is fresh, yeah. bro. He be fresh. Uh, um, I just be hating on Puff because like I want to take his throne. Like yo, I'm like I'm like the next one. I told him to his face in his house too. I'm like, you know what? Because he wasn't understanding me. Like we was doing my tie, like uh, Jeremiah's tie album, and I'm like trying to tell him like, yo, we need to do this. Or that. We both got lit or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, like I'm finna be bigger than you. I'm the next you. You don't even know it yet. And mm-hmm. then shit, like I ain't know it. But keep going, Puff. Last one, mm-hmm. a new one, Saint John. You wait. You don't think Saint John is fresh? I like. I'm telling you, it's now, a I different fuck style. With John. See, it's a different see, way of shit. fresh. Yeah, yeah, wait. I, 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 so look, I, I'll, I'll go to Saint John. Listen, the party was up in the hills. Shout out to Biggs and the whole crew. See, over that's, there. see that's what it is. It's political. Not, you know what I'm saying? Political. That's my it's man. It's a Rockefeller thing. It's huh? not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's okay. not. It's not. I went up there, and everybody else is in their shit. Right? They wearing all of they 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 uh they clothes and whatever. Mm-hmm. And this nigga Saint comes out, and he got his pajamas on. Barefoot, he got the one blonde dread hanging down, and I'm like, in another life, I'm that nigga right there. If I die and I come back, I'm the nigga that I'm that guy with the fucking uh, pajamas mad. and the one dread. Cause I've never been that guy. I've always been fucking uh, Eastland boots, fuck the the Tims and all of that button up shirt, even when it was hot. And like, and, but look, I, that's why that's what that's me. It's kind of nasty that you aspire to be the nigga that's barefoot inside of a function. Hey, listen, I just want to be, I, I just want to be free. Hit, I don't, I, make, I just want to be free. I'm just so saying. I gave my five. Now nah, you tore them apart. Give me your five. Who's the five? Um, we were three, right? Fab, Jim. We can go puff just for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, damn. Is women can we yeah of course women? um you gotta put Nikki in there Nikki looks good she's been doing this shit forever and mm-hmm. then what's another bad chick um honorable mention we'll go fucking I don't know Meg Thee Stallion just to be nice oh yeah yeah I know what that was about yeah, yeah uh, she, nothing shout out to Moneybag Yo that's my guy oh that's you know right Moneybag Yo that's no Moneybag Yo was up here damn I'll tell you I, I fuck with Moneybag Yo heavy that was a great great you wanna know interview. something that was funny and I hope Fab will laugh at this yo when she when Fab drove the boat 
And okay. <laughs> yeah. The funny shit is that um Fab hit me out there and then he hit me. He was like, um, we gotta reflip this record. You know what I'm saying? I can't say it because we did it already and put Meg on it and like him driving the boat inspired this record with him and Meg. <laughs> Drive that boat, Fab. Let's get it, Playboy. I'll tell you something about uh, about Meg. Mm -hmm. I knew it was gonna work. Mm -hmm. Like I've told the story before. When do you know? Because you know she had a bunch of shit before Big Old Freak, right? Nope. I'm gonna show you something. I'm gonna show you something right now. I'm gonna show you something right now. Mm -hmm. So listen, I show this uh, the stallion, the stallion, hot girl Meg. So look, read what that says and read the date. Oh, 2017. You still ain't got red yet. Still, still haven't got red. Meg hasn't read the DM. She ain't 2017. July 27th, 2017. What did you say? I hit Meg the Stallion. I say, hey, that freestyle was dope. I'm a producer with TMZ. If you ever need anything, just reach out. I saw it. She did a freestyle that went. With, okay, wait, wait. Don't on, do that. On. That's not what. Oh, wait, wait, don't do that. Yo, don't do that. Okay, that's well, not what that's it was. That's how you move. No, no, no. It's not. Hey, 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 that's not what it was. So you putting a bad name on people like us, bro. In this position, I swear yo. to God, I do that all. This. I can yo, show you. I can show you that's that. Bait, that, bro. G. There are other artists that I've done that with. Uh, okay, do I have to show you? You what? shot a. You, no, okay. So what, the, uh, if she would have bit back on a bait, would you entertain it? No, I'm not entertaining shit. Like Come that's on, not that, what I'm telling. That's trying to, cap. That's cap. It's not. I'm telling you, bro. Uh, so yeah, okay. Benny the Butcher. I did the same thing with him. Well, yeah, I know that. I hope that ain't bait. It's not bait at all. Look, <laughs> hey, my brother, if you're in LA this week, would love to talk to you. He Benny like, the Butcher. Them, dope, them niggas dope. They Shout out to dope as shit. So they trying to get me in trouble. That's real rap music. I fuck with that. Real rap music. So what I'm saying is, I watched something. Then on her, and I was like, because she was doing all the crazy shit she was doing with her body and shit mm -hmm. like that. But I'm like, yo, she rapping. Yeah. Like, she rapping, rapping, and she really could go. So it's like she's yeah. got the, the, the kind of total package. I knew eventually it would work. I like her. I like her a lot. You know, um, you know when I, I'm kind of one of these people that when I like something, I just go on the deepest dive ever on YouTube. Word up. And I just watch everything. Like, that's how I fell in love with the City Girls. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, at first I heard it, I'm like, City Girls, like, hmm, nah. And then I went and I learned about them, and I'm like, oh, I get it. This mm -hmm. is fucking amazing. But Meg, man, she really dope. And, um... She really, she really rapping like, and you want to know what it is? It feel like three six mafia shit, like like new gangsta boo, like, like new you know gangsta boo. Shout out to gangsta boo, like mm -hmm. new gangsta boo, like That's that kind of vibe. Like. With all due respect, I don't want you know. What I'm yeah, saying? yeah, yeah. Nobody taking no type of way. Let me ask you this: um, You worked with a lot of people. Are there is there anybody who you haven't worked with yet that you that you looking that you would love to do a record on? Um, shit, Jay Z, <laughs> Beyonce. You want to see some crazy shit too? Um, sure. Fucking uh, yesterday, like I put up this little freestyle of me, right? Mm -hmm. Like this me at like fourteen years old, and then um, cause I was gonna sign a blood, I was signing Bloodline Records, and then fucking um, you know, you know, you love Rockefeller. This nigga, fucking, <laughs> I um, love Rockefeller. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like this nigga really is a great writer. He's yeah. rewritten my life. Look at this nigga, hip hop, yo. And I put my fucking demo up there. Read what that shit say. Uh, this the Berg I know. Hitmaker had one of the best demos I ever got. I used to listen to it all the time. Wanted to sign him bad. Could have signed a Rockefeller. Crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Damn. So this goes back to my question. By the way, shout, shout out to Hip. I, you know where I met Hip at? Hip right. at? at fucking uh, St. John's. 
album release party. Yo, stop. See, look, this <laughs> one, we. I love Saint John. I was at I was at Saint John release. It wasn't no, no. This, wasn't a, this was a, a, a event he had the past year. It wasn't yeah, a I went party, to the yeah. release party or whatever. I do a um, I do a lot of business with L.A. Reid, and he signed a hit code or whatever. So like. I got nothing but good things. I love the record with him and Meek. I think he's gonna be That's very great successful. It's great, very, 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 uh, very talented guy. Amazing yeah, for sure. So, but this brings me back to it. So mm -hmm. you see, talk your shit too. Come you, you, on, you, I'm starting. At, my teeth starting to hit. So you can, you can tell me. You, I'll tell you anything. You see, you see, hip right there. You know, kind of reaching out and showing you that love. Mm -hmm. What if he comes to you and be like, "Yo, I used to always be in that demo. No, I used to always. You're not gonna tell him no." Why wouldn't I? Just make, told him not, no. uh, he, not, if he watching now, no. So so you're not so there's nobody that can make you rap. No, nigga. Hove go, yo, I need a verse, hitmaker. No, nigga. No, you're not rapping with Hove. Oh. Are you rapping with Hove? Shit yeah, nigga. You got <laughs> This shit, yeah, I, bro, nah. I'm one of the worst rappers. I'll write the hook. I'll, that whole, I'll write the hook that whole raps on, and then I'll I'll write it for Beyonce. That would be a dream come true, right? Right. Yeah. Yes, but you, but that, nobody making pick that pen up. Nah, the pen is picked up. It's just I'm not the front man of the whole situation. I've wrote raps for your favorite rappers that's out right now. I'm just not gonna be in the front line you of that. You know shit. what you're doing. Yeah. You know what you do. You know, know what you know what you what you're doing is mm -hmm. you saying is you making people you driving up demand. You saying you never gonna do it again? You know what this is like? Mm -hmm. Hate to compare it to this, but all my porn heads are gonna know. Oh my god! When a girl first gets into porn, <laughs> when a girl first gets into porn, okay, there's two things that they don't do right away to white girls. They don't fuck black guys and they don't do anal. That way, I everybody all white can, chicks did anal. Huh? I thought all white chicks in porn did. The anal. porn girls, the porn white girls, they wait. They wait till to like two or three years into the career where they go, we go, we need an anal scene, we need an anal scene, we need an anal scene, we need an anal scene. And then all of a sudden they do the scene and the movie goes crazy. These guys are laughing, uh Austin, because they know that it's true. Right. So that's the same thing you doing. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? You ever paid for pussy before? Um, sure. I think oh, you wanna hear a story? No, like like literally like paid for it. You like, wanna hear a story? Yeah, I'm listening. I'll tell you a story right now. This mm -hmm. is a true story. True story. Mm -hmm. It's out of the country. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, nah, go ahead. <laughs> this story is starting off bad already. I'm telling you a story. This is a story. You I, don't want to get no random box out of the. Go ahead. I'm gonna tell you. On. I'm out of the country. Mm -hmm. um, I'm with one of my homeboys. Right. What country? Brazil. Ooh. I'm out of the country. I'm in okay. Brazil with one of my homeboys. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're we're out of the country, and we're um, in a situation. We meet these girls, right? Mm -hmm. We meet these girls. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Brazil before. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have. The women in Brazil are fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, I meet these girls in Brazil, and uh, I'm like a, a kid at this point. Like, I'm younger. Mm -hmm. So I see the girl, I meet the girl, and I'm very, very in love right away. Oh. This was when, this was a different time in my life, mm -hmm. Hitmaker. I wasn't the stud that I am now. You right. see me? So I'm like, yo, she's paying attention to me. It's great. So anyway... Meet these girls, they're, they're dancers or whatever. Boom, we go back. A couple of days, everybody's hanging out. We're doing all of this stuff. It's a lot of fun. It's great. Right. Last day, these girls are leaving. They're going back to Copacabana or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, yo, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking leave college. 
and I'm going to transfer it to a school down in Brazil. In Brazil. Oh my! And God. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to have two little Brazilian this this pre two, this pre box. This is this no 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 we box. no we didn't we didn't have the this box. This is real thought box. Like, like this we we right do now. we've done it right we've done it the whole day. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like I'm going to do all of this stuff. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Blah blah blah. These girls are getting ready to leave. My homeboy comes out the back room, goes into his wallet, and pays them. How much? I can't. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't speak Portuguese. Mm -hmm. In front of my face, pays them. And I'm standing there like, yo. And he looks at me. He goes, nigga, are you dumb? You think that girl will fuck you? Like, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. So the, the answer is, yes, I have. Of course I have. Have you? You didn't pay. He paid. But I paid. Oh, well, you take it. Come on. I, I, pay, I paid inadvertently. Have mm -hmm. you paid? I think we all pay inadvertently. We all pay inadvertently. Dinners. Well, then that, if that's the case, then yeah. everybody has ever, everybody who's ever lived pays for pussy. You yeah. pay for pussy for if, if that's the case, then you actually pay for pussy from your wife. Then that's cap. How? <laughs> yo, now because you go too far. Wait, 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 now wait, you going wait, too wait, wait, far, wait. If 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 if, if wait. you my wife, then you got half of everything. You got everything anyway. If right. you my wife, you decide to make that decision, but. For me personally, that probably is never gonna happen. You're never gonna get married. No. Why? So that shit's too businessy. I'll give you a ring, you know what I'm saying? But and we could live together and do everything <laughs> we need to do. Like, you know what so I'm we can do everything except actually get it, married. But why we gotta execute it? It's like a contract. Like I'm, I'm signing producer deals every day. Like, and I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Like, I don't want to put no contract on my love. You know what my mom says about people like you? Mm -hmm. That you just haven't met the right person yet. Yeah. Well. <laughs> 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 Tell that to them. <laughs> I mean, shit. Like, so, so you, what you're saying? Let's say you meet the fucking perfect woman for what you. is that, man? What is the perfect woman? I, I'm not the. There's not. But see, there's no perfect woman. There's the perfect woman for you. Okay. Everybody has somebody that's perfect for them. For me. And then she says, "You know what, hitmaker? I don't care about all of that other stuff. I just want to be a married woman." You wouldn't give that to her. We can have a ceremony and all that, but we ain't got to sign no paperwork. You just don't want nobody getting that money. You don't have to give them chains in the divorce. See? That's, that's, that's what you're talking about. There you go. How, how is the, the, the dating situation with all your success and stuff like that? How does that go? So I'm just, I'm like Marcus Graham and Boomerang right now. This nigga here. For real. Ask, Marcus, ask my security and driver. I'll tell y'all something. If y'all never, never seen Boomerang before, Marcus Graham is, is Eddie Murphy, who at the beginning of the movie smashes everyone that he meets ever, every lady, but you know what happens to him? He, he meets get, his Halle Berry. See, and that, that's what we getting to. He I'm with it. Halle I'm with Berry. It. So, yeah, I'm getting it out of my system. But I'm I'm like Marcus Graham, no then, cap. So, but but you but but also, so how do you? Let's talk about this. this is good. Yeah. So the you're in a situation. Does it matter to you whether or not a woman is interested in you for you, or if they interested in you because you're a hit maker? Do, I don't it, think that it's possible for them to be interested in me just for me. It's not. Even wow, possible. really? No. It's not possible for a woman to be interested in you just for you. How? When you meet me on these certain terms. Mm. You're not meeting. It, like, the only people that got them type of relationship is when you from the dirt with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. somebody like um, like Kid Ink and Asiya or something like that. Like, his wife or whatever. Like, they literally, like, used to sleep in my house. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they were high school sweethearts. Like, that's something that I could consider. Like, oh, you fuck with me for me. Like, if you meet me and we just said, like, I'm up. You, you no. So how do you navigate that? How do you? You don't. You does it? It never bothers you. No. Cause like remember, um, my man, what's a uh, my man? Shout out to um, shout out to whacking them. My man, Blueface. Okay. Blueface was on. Uh, nah, I ain't doing none of that. What he talking about? Nah, he he tripping. That's some <laughs> young nigga shit. Like we're talking about the two girlfriends. 
yeah, no, nah, that's cool or whatever, but that ain't cool too. Like I, that's that <laughs> it didn't work out for him, right? Well, that's what I'm saying it didn't work out because it was on IG Live, mm -hmm. and one of the girlfriends was like, uh, they were reading off questions, which by the way is a dicey thing to do if you're on IG Live and you just having you and your two significant others. They it can ask you all kinds of wash it, mm -hmm. but they asked the girls. Are you there for him? Are you there for the bag? One of the girls was like, I'm here for him. I'm doing him. And the other girl was like, yeah, it's, it's partly for the bag. See? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and she was like, yeah, I love everything that you do, but like, you be spending a lot of money is partly for the bag. Okay. And so, then he got rid of that girl. So me recently, right? Not, not recently, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm, I met a girl. She's phenomenal. One of the, like a super bad chick, like conversation everything's right the the sex is fire but she like girls and she came at me like yo like you know what i'm saying like shit, i want to take bitches down with you mm -hmm. like you know what i'm saying we should get a girlfriend i was like damn that's crazy i don't know if i want to do that though i'm kind of selfish boy y'all rap niggas problems is totally different <laughs> like yeah you like yeah like y'all like, executive man i'm not a rapper excuse me i'm not a rapper y'all executive problems are totally different mm -hmm. i don't know if i want to be in a relationship and take down other women with my girl. That's just, it seems I'm like selfish. a headache to me. I'm selfish, man. You know what my problems are? My brakes are grinding. I need to go get new brake pads. Man, that's a lie. That's what I'm saying. That, that's kind of what my problems are. That's where I'm at, my man, life. Man, we at TMZ right now. You rich, bro. You oh. got two watches on at the same time. I got a watch and a Fitbit, and both of them was gifts. The Fitbit people gave it to me for free. So, 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 so don't, don't try to do this. Yeah, uh, but, come on, bro. So, so seriously, mm -hmm. you got music dropping this week, right? Yep. You got, and tell us a little bit about that. So Friday, um, my single comes out. It's called Thought Box. It features <laughs> Meek Mill. Me <laughs> <laughs> it features okay. Meek Mill, 2 Chains, A Boogie, mm -hmm. YBN, and Amir, and Tiger, who we was just talking about. Word. That's a hell of a fucking record. That's yeah, a lineup, The bro. lineup is crazy. Um, the song is like a club banger. It's not a flip. It's not a remake. It's something I did. I wanted to just be new and just crazy with it. And um, it took a little while to get the record together just due to, like, having a... God bless DJ Khaled and all these other people that do these type of albums because you really got to chase people around and you really got to be, like, super persistent. But at the end of the day, like, everything worked out for me really organically with this record. And I'm excited for the world to get it, you know what I'm saying? Get another plaque. Hmm. So what is... You got that coming out. I'm mm -hmm. assuming that you're going to put a whole... You got a whole album coming out at some yeah, point? Yeah, of course I'm going to do a whole album. Probably top next year. You know, I'm going to drop singles and probably drop like two more singles then drop an album. Mm. My next single will probably be um, a song called On My Mind featuring my artist Rocky. It was actually a record that um, Nipsey Hussle had wanted me and God Nipsey. Rest yeah, rest in peace to Nipsey. We were um, texting like a few days before his, him passing and I sent him the record and um, I'm like, yo, we got to get... I sent it to him and Meek's um, group text that I had with them because they were working on a group project together and nipsey hit me on the side and was like bro nah this is my record like nah we this ain't for the group project and i'm like yo we who's working on a group project meek mill and nipsey really yes before he passed and um that's hard <laughs> yeah they got records yeah so i was like yo we gotta get rihanna on this record if we get rihanna on this record we going number one billboard hot 100 he like well shit we gotta get rihanna we done spoke it to existence that's what it's gonna be shout out to Riri. and then shit he passed and god bless him man and um i posted it our text conversation mm -hmm. and then um rihanna reposted it and um i just feel like man just just for him i gotta get it up and it's a really big fucking record big song yeah what are your goals left that you have bro think about it man you you've you've overcome a lot you've persevered mm -hmm. you have like what everybody has different things that they want out of this game mm -hmm. everybody has different things they want out of life everybody has different things they want out of their their, their situation professionally what, right. what what, is, what do you have left to accomplish 
Me personally, yeah, world, you personally, domi- you're... world world domination. I'm mm. finna break all. I'm, I've broken a lot of acts. I got ending this year. I got 18 more singles that's about to come out. Mm. And um, with, with all different artists, y'all gonna see the floodgates is open. They just finna all roll out. And then I want to break my artists. And ultimately, like we spoke about earlier, like I'm gonna be the biggest executive in this music business. Period. Mm. Hands down. Mm. My relationships are too strong. The work speaks for itself, and I've seen this game from every aspect of it. I've been the I've been the the talent. I've written for the talent, and now I'm finding new talent and breaking talent. Last question: mm-hmm. You put something on your gram, and it was top five producers. Uh-huh. You asked me a top five. You don't like my top five. Whatever. What is your top five producers? My top five producers mm-hmm. you, of all time. Yeah. All right. So my my top five number one is Quincy Jones. Appropriate. Number two is Dr. Dre. <laughs> no, no, I love Dre. Okay, that, uh, no, number no, no, number one is Quincy Jones. Uh-huh. Number two is Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. Number three is Prince. Um, come on, bro, take Dre up out of that, bro. Prince comes before Dre. Don't play, don't play a fucking round. Prince played every. Stop. Dre, Dre, Dre was programming beats, but he's. You can't compare he, Dre. Dre is. You can't compare programming to what Quincy and them was doing. It okay. wasn't no programming on that. It was on real. Dre, I, I, okay. When I, I put Prince in there, I'm talking about mm-hmm. for me the music that I, I love. Prince, Dre to me revolutionized, and not saying that Prince didn't. What the Dre is a more important. Is, can are I, you crazy? Dre is bro? a more important. Me and Hitmaker need a podcast together. Yo, like, like, Prince, like, like, we Prince, like Prince, Prince. Like, I'm gonna put. No, stop playing around. I'm a, so is Dre, bro. Dre and, I, I love Prince. I love Prince. Bro, bro shout out to Russell. Dre Prince, got bro. straight out of Compton. It's about his life. Prince was actually the nigga in his own in his own movie. It's levels. It's levels. Right, but it's Dre and Prince. Dre is Prince. this hip hop or this is this is this it's all, all it's, genres. It's all genres. It's all as much as I can listen. As much as I can do mm-hmm. because I don't know as much about overall music uh-huh. as 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 you probably. All do. right. So look, what's a, what happened to Ryan Leslie? What happened to him? Yes. Uh, Ryan Leslie is one of my homies. I think Ryan Leslie is ridiculously talented. The illest. I think Ryan Leslie is crazy fucking. Is talented. that nigga just rich like overseas somewhere? Just caked up. <laughs> that's, that's you know what. I'm glad that we're discussing this. Mm-hmm. The reality is this. I don't know. And 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 I'm being completely real. I talk to Ryan every so often. Ryan's coming on here to do the podcast pretty soon. Oh, that's dope. I'm gonna tune in. What when if you ask me though, what happened to Ryan Leslie? Mm-hmm. I don't know. When you talk to Ryan, Ryan has tech apps and he has all other kinds of things that he's doing. Oh, what should he want? He's talking to all over the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people are asking that question, what happened to Ryan Leslie? What made you ask that? Because I just think he's amazing, man. And I thought, like, you remember, like, back in the day when he did, like, them YouTubes and he broke down, like, how he made the songs yeah. and all that shit. That shit was amazing. That shit was really inspiring. So, and we were talking about producers. But go ahead. Yeah, I said, actually, now I'm going to put Ryan Leslie at three. I'm going to put Prince at four. You're lying. So now, no, no. But see, okay. so Prince, and then I'm going to go at four. Uh, yay. Yeah, four is yay. And then five is Timberland. Where the fuck is Teddy Riley? 
Teddy Riley will probably be six. Yo, six. Like, like, <laughs> Teddy Riley. Teddy Riley will probably you, be six. How the fuck is you taking away the people that Ye learned from and all this other shit? Well, look, yeah, I would say that like, Ye learned more from No Idea and guys like that. Teddy Riley's very important, but I'm talking Just, about where's Just Blaze? Just Blaze is in the top ten for me. Just Blaze in the top ten for me. Just, okay, Just Blaze or Kanye, nigga. Just, now, now, now that, and I'm from Chicago. Who's better? Is Ye. Over what? Because you, wait, 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 you wait, broke the news. Now, shut up, dog. <laughs> if, if we're talking about this, is a great conversation. If we're talking about just so, just take look. A, are we talking? Just Blaze is not a rapper, so take no, his rap. Take the take, take the rap catalog away. All right. If we're just talking about overall musical impact and what people did, Ye had a. You talking impact? I'm talking. Music, nigga. You just you just think that no impact, just the beats alone. Okay, head so to head. Okay, who, so who give wins me, in a beat battle. I think that Ye wins in a beat battle. What beat is he gonna play after PSA? Okay, Ye's got he's got P. So when you say winning the beat battle, are you talking about just off the fuck, same way the that fucking Swiss, hardest the beats? Same, yeah, same way Swiss and Just Blaze went went head up. He could play Izzo. He to, could play to PSA, nigga. You, you, you just talk about a beat that hits harder. Izzo, play PSA and then play Izzo. Like, okay, come on, I, dog. Uh, he could play come fucking. On, you, you, you he play, he could play. He Yo, could play. He could play. He could play. He could play. He could play power. He could play all. Of, he could, that was better. Kanye got up. a lot of a lot of dope ass beats, bro. Bro, it's, he's he not could play him. good life. That's a just cool. Blaze has a. Even though what we do is wrong, that's like, a crazy beat. You know what my favorite Just Blaze beat is? Flip side. That's hard. Nigga. Yo, you doing Prince a disservice though, like. Nah, man. I'm not doing Prince a disservice, bro. Yes, you are. Shout out to Prince. Who my top five? Quincy. 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 I see that's easy when people do that. That's dialogue shit. Like it is like Quincy, 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 Quincy. That's a fact. Last thing, last word to you. Tell tell the kids that don't know. That haven't seen a documentary and mm -hmm. don't know how important a man he is, why Quincy Jones is so important to music. Man, you know, he's a part of every era still into now. Right like up. we sitting here talking about him now and he's 80 something years old. But like I want I want to encourage people to go watch the Quincy documentaries on Netflix. Go watch The Black Godfather because Oh shit. He's ill. Watch like, hey, yo, yo. watch that. Shout out to that. I never God, God forgive me. He's I didn't know illest. who I did. I, I really did, I, I didn't know who he was, man. Clarence, Clarence Avon. I didn't really know much about him. That the was illest. the most fascinating thing I've watched. And you got to know people like that. You got to be able to give these black men their roses. He's the illest nigga alive. And yeah. um, man, what else? I mean, you seen the Hitsville shit that came out? I have. Yeah. yeah. So and 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 very soon of that same in that same class, Hitmaker. Give I'll it up there. for Hitmaker, y'all. <laughs> Everybody clap for Hitmaker.